Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Um, my name is Maciej Lisik. I'm the president of um, London's Global Economic Student Union Polish Business Society. And it's my great pleasure to welcome all of you here tonight at the LSC. Um, we have the pleasure to host our great speaker, Mr. Leszek Czarnecki. Um, And um, the chair of this event will be Mr. Edward Lucas from The Economist. And um, we strongly encourage all of you to um, look at our web website, uh, polishbusiness.org, uh, because we organize many events um, just like this, and we would obviously always want to have such great attendance. So thank you very much for coming. And we invite all of you to a pop after that session here, after the Q&A session. Thank you very much, and I'm passing that on to Mr. Lucas. Thank you. Good evening, dobry wieczer, witam serdecznie, and welcome. It's really impressive to see so many people in the new theatre. I've just been looking at the guidelines for the speakers, which say... Um, please note that unless you're being physically threatened, it's important you keep control of the microphone. Um, so in the unlikely event of there being anyone here who really hates capitalism and wants to make a, a point, watch out, we're, we're prepared for you. But I, I, you've really come to hear, um, hear Leszek Czarnecki rather than me, so I just want to say very briefly that um, almost 30 years ago today, I was here um, as a first-year student at LSE setting up Student Solidarity with Solidarity, um, with what was then a rather smaller contingent of um, LSE Poles, most of whom came from Acton and other places in West London. And we plastered LSE with the Solidarity logo. We demonstrated outside the Polish Embassy. And after martial law was imposed, we actually persuaded the school to waive the fees and the residence, residence hall um, costs um, for a Polish student, and we raised the money. In those days, the gigantic sum of £600, which was what was reckoned to be necessary to support someone for a year in London, and, um, and were able to um, make a bit of a dent. And Leszek was just saying before the meeting that if it hadn't been for solidarity, um, Poland wouldn't have gone capitalist and he wouldn't have got rich. Um, so that was a, a, very, a very nice connection. But anyway, I'm not going to give a long introduction. I'm sure you all know that who um, Leszek Czarnecki is. He's uh, um, one of Poland's foremost uh, business figures, not only a billionaire, and perhaps this talk should really be called How to Make Your First Billion, rather than How to Make Your First Million, which seems to be um, less, uh, uh, rather more achievable. Um, his hobbies include um, scuba diving. Um, he just told me just now he lives mainly in Miami, but that may have been um, just, a, just a joke. But anyway, Leszek, over to you. We're longing to hear how to make your first million. He's going to talk for about 40 minutes, and then we'll take some questions afterwards. Over to you, Leszek. So good evening, all of you. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me here. Actually, I have to tell you that uh, in the 90s, uh, being part of this school was my the biggest dream, but at that time I couldn't afford it. But in the 90s, when I finally uh, created my business and earned some money, and uh, I could easily come here and study, I had no time because I had to run my business. But finally, my dream... Uh, 
comes true, it happens, so thank you for your invitation. I'm really, really happy to be here, and uh, I strongly believe this is one of the best and maybe the best business school in the world. So uh, even more, I feel I'm very honored to be invited. Thank you again. So the question is very easy, how to make the first million. Uh, Obviously, it's much easier to make a million than a billion because uh, the easiest formula for this is, for example, to invest a billion, and then for most of business, at least, you could get out a million. It's much more difficult to get a billion because you have invested trillions, so it's much more difficult to, to find it. Uh, before we start uh, this uh, issue, a few words about me, uh, where I came from. I'm graduated of Technical University uh, in Wrocław, Poland, uh, specialized in uh, uh, waterworks and uh, civil engineering as well. And then during my universities, I create my own company, which specialize in commercial diving services. And later on, it was also a serious a civil engineering and underwater construction company. In the beginning of the 90s, I uh, went back uh, studying uh, and I passed my PhD in uh, Wrocław University of Economics. Mm. I created a lot of companies in my life. Among them, we have a Europejski Fundus Leasing of European Leasing Fund, which was uh, not only the largest leasing company in Poland, but one of the largest independent leasing company in Europe at the end of the 90s. I did the IPO of this company in the beginning of uh, uh, last decade, in the 2000, uh, in London and New York. Then I create an uh, insurance company, which called Europa, which is also a listed company right now, and right now this is the second largest insurance company in Poland. A couple of banks, among them we have uh, Getting Bank, uh, Nobel Bank, Idea Bank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, some of them. Also, actually, there are three other banks outside Poland. And also Open Finance, which is the largest and all, almost monopoly financial advisor in, uh, in Poland. Uh, March this year, I did a very successful IPO, both in London and in Poland. Home broker, the largest real estate, and uh, <laughs> 20 other companies, I could say so. Uh, in fact, what I could say, I never ever uh, worked for anybody else than my own company. It was the short period that I had a joint venture with Credit Agricole, and I was the CEO of a Credit Agricole Poland and Eastern Europe in the year 2001, but uh, being all my life private entrepreneur, I realized probably I not really feed a corporation. And it doesn't mean that I don't like a huge corporation. Actually, I love them, but under one condition, that those corporations belong to me. <laughs> I really love them, believe me. So it's not the question about being private entrepreneur or part of corporation. It's only about the ownership. 
my personal career was uh, to be CEO of many companies. Uh, I used to be CEO of this uh, leasing company. I used to be CEO of a couple of banks. Uh, oops. And some other companies, but my beginning was, as I said before, to be a commercial diver. I spent uh, almost 3,000 hours underwater. And then in the year 1991, I sold my company, uh, this diving uh, service company. I earned some money, and all those money was invested into startup, which was a leasing company. This leasing company, 10 years later, was sold to Credit Agricole for amount of over 400 million euro, and all those money I earned 10 years ago, I invested into a new project, which was getting holding. Uh, this is a mother company for all my financial business in Eastern Europe. So, how to earn your first million? There is an anecdote about John Rockefeller. All of you know this name, the icon of American industry. So, the story about him is that uh, being a teenager, a very poor guy, was walking uh, along the street, very hungry, and he found the apple. And uh, he wanted to bite it because he was very hungry, but he found fire. So he thought that uh, cooked apple actually is better than the fresh one. So he cooked this apple, and uh, he wanted to buy it. But uh, finally, somebody offered him to buy this apple for two penny. So he sold it, still being hungry. And he bought, at the time, two another apple. He fired him. He cooked him, them. And still being very hungry, so, but once he got another offer to sell them, he sold them for four penny, then he bought the four apples, and then his uncle died and he inherited a one million dollar, and that, <laughs> everything becomes easy. <laughs> but everything started from the single apple. <laughs> uh, Especially in Poland, it was very easy to earn a million, especially in Polish Lotte at the end of the 80s, because it was equal about $100, so it's not a big deal to earn $100. So I immediately became a millionaire, especially in Polish Lotte at the time. Uh, but seriously, I believe that uh, in all my life, all my business life, this is actually right now 27 years being a private business. There are three key issues to get success in business, and all of them has to occur exactly in the same moment. The most important thing, I believe, is to have a good idea for business, good business concept. Then, we have to have a people who makes this concept happen. In most cases, especially in small business, those people who makes this uh, business idea happen might be the owner of the company, 
the entrepreneur. In some other businesses, you have to find somebody who will manage this business. And finally, last but not least, the business has to be financed. So we have to find capital which uh, helps to grow this business. I believe that actually this structure is uh, the structure of importance of those two, three issues. The most important is to have an idea how to earn money, how to start your business. Then the management and then finance. But even if uh, we lose one of those factors, there is a very limited chance to be successful. So who might be and who can be entrepreneur? I'm quite often asked this, uh, and I totally disagree that everybody might be entrepreneur. For me, being entrepreneur is some sort of being talented people in the same way like, for example, artists are. Do you have something or not? Like an artist. You could uh, work very hard, you could train very hard, and never have a chance to be an artist in piano. You have never a chance to be a great poetry or painter once you are not talented in this area. And I strongly believe that it's the same with doing business. Entrepreneur, first of all, is a seller. What kind of business you do, you always sell either your product or services. So once you don't like to sell something, if you don't like to trade something, my advice is forget to be entrepreneur. Entrepreneur is a person who carefully watching the world, observing the world, observing uh, the wishes, needs of other people. And based on his observation, <clears throat> entrepreneur create his product or services who could cover these wishes. From distant point of view, empathy, emotional intelligence might be even more important than just be part of Mensa or having a high IQ. And actually, right now, you could uh, <clears throat> have some proof for this, looking for what has happened on the capital market and the stock exchanges. The process of making decision became so fast and still the speed increasing that there are no, in most cases right now, there are even no time for some reflection, for start thinking fundamentally. And in most cases, people, not only uh, just individuals, but even professionals, they just follow the trends and their emotions. And for the last 20 years, you know, there are couples of Nobel Prize just for uh, uh, studies about uh, behaviors economy instead of fundamentals analysis. What other thing should we find in the entrepreneur personality? First of all, business is something which is done by people 
and four people. So it means that we should have ability to, to create relation, to make a friends. We should like people. And obviously, entrepreneur is a leader. Because, as I said, the business is done with people. So you have to have a natural ability to make other people to work for you and follow your ideas. And the very end, my personal advice is, actually I was asked for this before the speech, so what I'm thinking about uh, joint venture with other people. I did a lot of joint ventures in my people. Uh, a lot of companies and I had a lot of partners. And it's not only my experience, but also other people from business that except the public listed companies, the average of uh, surviving shareholder structure in the same structure, especially in the small companies where a couple of partners is only a few years. Immediately, there are a lot of conflicts rising among them, and uh, it only makes uh, managing business much more harder. Uh, we could easily count uh, how is possibility to create conflicts between uh, one partner, two partners, three partners, or more. So. Uh, my biggest success in my life was always when I did business on my own. At least till the stage one, uh, I made my company public. I found a lot of similarities between being a professional sportsman and a private entrepreneur. And actually, once I'm uh, hiring managers to my business, I'm asked quite often if the person uh, during his uh, university, so being in the high school, trained something and practiced some kind of sport, doesn't matter which one. What are those similarities? First of all, the same in business and in sport, it's required a very long training to see some effects. You could have uh, one very long training, very hard one, but the next day there are no effects. It's always the question, the very, very long training. Also, you have to train quite often, very frequently, a couple of days a week, and if it's a professional practicing, it's usually every day. And you can't see progress every day, but you still be, have to believe, being a sportsman, that finally someone you win. If we're talking about to win or to lose, being a sportsman, it's more often you are a loser than the winner. But practicing a professional sport teach you not to give up, and after being a loser, next day, come again for training, start again, and start preparing 
for the next competition. Exactly the same is with doing business. And finally, every sport teach you to work with the team, with your friends, which is extremely important uh, in business too. I'm quite often asked if the formal education is required and it's conditional to be successful businessman. The answer is not easy actually because if we mention Bill Gates, Paul Allen, Andrew Carnegie or Steve Jobs, none of them was graduated of the university. On the other hand, two guys, Robert Merton and Mayron Shellis, they created in 1995 a huge hedge fund, long-term capital management. And uh, maybe some of you know, actually at that year, 1995, they got the Nobel Prize from economy for creating a model which helps to predict the price of bonds. And based on this model, they create this uh, hedge fund together with uh, uh, Goldman Sachs Bank. And they raise uh, 6 billion US, then other financing for over 130 billion. And two years later, this hedge fund bankrupt. Because unfortunately, model doesn't, didn't realize that Russia might be bankrupt in 1997 and they stopped paying their bonds. So, is a formal education necessary or not? <laughs> Those examples uh, answer this question, certainly not. It's not necessary. What is necessary is to be well-educated people, smart people, good observer, and obviously, university could help us very much in this process, but uh, you could get this knowledge from somewhere else, like uh, those examples. It's quite similar like, let's say, uh, skiing. The question is, do you require a uh, professional instructor to learn skiing? Certainly not, you could do it on your own, but it's much easier and faster with the instructor. So it's the same with university. So my strong advice is anyways, even seeing these examples, to learn <laughs> a lot. So once we have a good people, who could manage our business. Let's uh, go back to our idea. The concept, which is the most important part of our business. As I said, entrepreneur should identify wishes of other people. They are either not exist or not covered. And uh, I give some examples. Uh, iPod, certainly everybody knows what is it. It was a uh, Nietzsche 
which wasn't even uh, existing at the time when uh, Steve Jobs launched his product. TaxCare actually is uh, one of my newest startup uh, that I created three years ago. Uh, once I start thinking how to approach uh, SMEs in banking. It's a very strong competition in Poland and uh, in Eastern Europe, the same as anywhere else. And I realized that maybe the good idea is to create the uh, accounting company which covered uh, all accounting and taxes and tax advice wishes of the small companies under one condition that they be the client of my bank. Uh, and you know that uh, at that time there were no companies like that, at least no the national wide. And uh, once we combined this kind of service with the banking service, immediately it became a huge, huge success. I believe that uh, any idea you have for your business should be idea which gives you a high margin and high profit since the beginning. Actually, I hate businesses which are heavily leveraged. And later on, I will uh, speak a little bit more about this issue once we start discussing financing. But uh, believe me or not, I never ever took a credit in my life. All the businesses I created were, grew from the earnings or later on from the equity it got from stock exchange. Financing. A lot of young people like you ask me, where from take your money from your first business? And uh, I always answer the same, from nowhere. Don't take any credit, don't take any money. Start to think about business which requires, first of all, your work and your time, because in fact, in the worst scenario, once you be the loser, and you lose everything, in fact, you lose only your time. Uh, and since the beginning, it's pushed you to think about a very profitable business. The only funds that I recommend you on some supporting funds, uh, either from European Union or from some angles or somewhere else, at least there are funds which are not refundable, they are not loans. Because most of businesses be disaster, for sure. And uh, once you start financing this business from, uh, from the bank, from other sources, then not only you lose your time, but later on you have to pay back your, your credit. So my recommendation is once you start thinking about your first business, start to thinking about the business which might be created and growth, at least in the first stage, without any credits. 
It might be some financing from your family. It might be your saving, but not credit. That might surprise you because I'm a banker, but uh, that's my advice. <laughs> what happens if one of those three issues doesn't happen? I remind you there was a good team, good management, good business model, good business concept, and financing. Do you know the satellite phone Iridium created by Motorola? They spent six billion US for that project. What was wrong with the business concept? First of all, uh, satellite phone concept uh, required to set at least 20 satellites exactly in the same model at the same time because otherwise it wasn't covered the whole globe and the system didn't work extremely expensive system and what more they start to thinking to cover oops they start to cover the whole earth once only just a few percent of the area is uh, occupied by people by the customers at the same time gsm system start to grow step by step because this system, satellite system, was so expensive that the cost of single unit of the mobile of the satellite phone cost a couple of thousand dollars. Once even the first uh, GSM mobile phone were very expensive, by the way, cheaper by ten times. So it means the number of users uh, growth immediately, immediately in a GSM system, not in satellite system. Once in 1992, proudly system was launched by Alan Gore, Al Gore. Uh, they said that they are looking to have uh, 250,000 customers within the next couple of years. As far as I know, they haven't such a number till now. So finally the whole project was bankrupt and was sold somewhere about 25 million to US government. They had a lot of money and certainly they had a good management but system didn't work. The other case is a segue. I suppose most of you use this uh, nice toy Actually, brilliant idea, brilliant event. But it also didn't work. Why so? What was wrong with the management? Actually, management supposed that uh, it could uh, compete with bicycles, with scooters, or even with these small cars. But they didn't realize that in most US states and in most 
uh, European countries as well as in Asia, it's be treated by authorities like a vehicle and it requires a driving license. <laughs> they just didn't realize that. And also, they were so fanatic about the net, so they start selling Segway only in the net without the dealer's network. So there were no place where you could repair it, you could service it. So the numbers of the number of uh, selling segways was so limited, then the price, obviously, because of the uh, very limited production, was almost equal like a small car. So who would like to have a segway instead of the car? Actually, right now, I mean like a five or seven years ago, the new management, and in the meantime, two times the ownership was changed. Uh, new management start to focusing to start to focus to the uh, centered type of customers, and it's very popular at the airport in the municipality services as a toy which might be used for guiding some cities, and the business start growing. But the first ten years, it was it was disaster mainly because of the bad management. What happened if? Uh, it's a brilliant idea, good management, but no capital. A brilliant event was launching a credit card. A credit card was invented in 1946, but the guy had money and some other uh, people who support him. They had money, enough money to launch into the market credit card. So finally, credit card became popular in the market by American Express a couple of years later. Because American Express at that time was organization enough, big enough, and rich enough to launch such a product. Once we have a good idea, good management, and we see some sources for financing, it's good to prepare a business plan. All of you know perfect what's the business plan about, so I don't want to, to spend more time about this. But I would like to stress two things, that uh, most of people are thinking that the business plan is some sheet of documents prepared mainly for investors of the banking. Actually, it's not true. Business plan, first of all, is required for you, for your business. It's like a guideline, what are you planning to do for, let's say, next month, next quarter, next year. It might be written just at two, three pages, not more, but preparing a business plan for your own, not for banking, not for business plan not for investors, uh, helps you start to think about your business a little bit outside the box. If you follow all these points and answer yourself, for yourself, all this question, you'll be much 
better prepared for start your business. You have a business, you prepared your business plan, and finally you start earning money. Hopefully, a million. So what are next steps? Uh, from my experience, and uh, looking for many other uh, small entrepreneurs who were very successful in their small businesses. I find a big barrier to scale my business, to enlarge the size, and to employ other people. At this stage, the main reason is that uh, I'm feeling that I'm doing my thing the best, and I'm really it's really driving me mad when somebody that I'm hiring and I'm paying his money is not as good as I am and you know let's say his efficiency is uh, or accuracy 60 70 percent so I could say that I could do this job let's say uh, twice good as he does but even if he's a 50 percent as good as I am once we hire the 10 people like him. So the final result is a five times bigger, better, that I could do alone. Because 10 times multiplied by 50% is equal five. And at the same time, I could spend my time just managing those people uh, instead of doing everything on my own. But for managing them, it's very important to standardize, standardize the business, uh, which is quite obvious. It, it, it's nothing uh, new, I'm saying to you, that once the business is standardized, it's much easier to manage people and to control them. And again, don't be too greedy to either to sell immediately your business. It's the same case like uh, at the very early stage with uh, financing your business. So once you feel that your business is not growing as fast as you could imagine, it's just a couple percent, so then you could start thinking about that. But once the business is growing 20, 30, 50, 100% a year, it doesn't make sense. Sometimes you have to do uh, because it's about financing a future growth. But even that, it's much better to find some minorities instead of selling your, your business. And last but not least, it's very important since the beginning to find some life balance. A lot of private entrepreneurs, as well as managers, they so became involved in business that in fact the business became whole day life. They forget about family, they forget about friends, they just spend 100, 150% only in the company but it's only for the time being. After a few years, most of those people, from my experience, 
either has the problem with drugs, with alcohols, the divorced, and after all, the business collapsed too. So it's much better to find the balance since the beginning instead of putting everything on one card. So that's about uh, Maslow Triangle. Obviously, all of you knows that. It's nothing, nothing new. So once you covered your base niches, like a house, cars, and some savings, so start thinking about other things, not just about business. So at the very end, just a few words about my business, what I'm doing right now, about the Getting Holding Group, which is the most dynamic and the fast-growing financial company in Poland, and one of the largest financial group in Poland. So the company I created uh, in 2004, so roughly uh, seven years ago, just from the scratch, I invested all money I get from French after selling my previous business. And this company uh, is doing business in a couple of areas, in banking, in insurance, in leasing, uh, in four countries, in Poland, Russia, Belarus, and Ukraine. And uh, successfully, we survived the crisis 2008-2009 without a single month with losses, so uh, we were able to produce profit all the time, and all the time the company was growing. And the current market cap is about uh, close to two billion pounds. Unfortunately, right now uh, it's dropped down. It used to be higher before uh, this summer. But it's, it's still okay. I invested in this company about 200 million eight years ago. So it's quite nice return still. <laughs> so uh, I'm not boring you about the business model. It's probably the same bullshit that everybody tells you that is <laughs> uh, fast growing and simple business model and so on, so on. So what is uh, probably something special, maybe not, that uh, First of all, every company inside the holding, we managing or we decided to start a new project uh, has to meet a break-even within the 12 months. If not, there is another year for improving this business, maybe changing uh, the board, if still, after two years, there are no, there are no profit, we shut down the company or we sell it. So there is zero tolerance for losses. Uh, the case like this happened in Romania. We started our banking business in Romania in 2007. We were unable to make the profit. So in 2009, we shut down this business, unfortunately losing some 
some money. So this is the structure. We have a banking, insurance, international division, international from our perspective from Poland, and some other loan brokers. Uh, a company right now employed almost employs almost uh, 9,000 people uh, and still growing. This is the result of the first half of 2011. Right now, it's even close to, to 10,000. And as you see, we have an losses. There was a small drop down in 2009 due to the crisis. crisis. But uh, it seems to be that the, this year, 2011, be the best result ever. For your information, uh, in pounds, it should be roughly divided by five. So we made a profit for first half, 160 million pounds. And I remind you that eight years ago, I invested in this company 200 million euros, so it was like 150 pounds. So after eight years, the company is able to produce profit within a, uh, six months higher than money invested. And the uh, company is still growing. We, in the meantime, were able to both uh, take over six other banks, a small one, but it helped us to grow. Uh, we are number one in the financial advisory in Central Europe. We are number one in the car loans in Central Europe. Number one in banking assurance in Central Europe. Second mortgage market in Poland and the second life insurance market in Poland. That's uh, how we operate. Uh, there are almost 800 branches in four countries in all those countries we operate as a full licensed bank. Some recommendations about our company recently announced from Goldman and from Credit Suisse. Uh, actually, not very bad. I like them. So in 1985, I created my diving company. You could see me on this picture. Uh, in 2001, there was uh, IPO of EFL here in London Stock Exchange. And now we have a getting holding. I don't know where we are in the next 10 years. But as it's written, business is like a road movie that I strongly believe. And each trip, even the longest one, starts with the first step. So thank you for your attention. longer. That's absolutely great. Thanks very much indeed um, for your um, talk and also the, the admirable um, slides. I particularly like the one you started off with, with the little man banging his head against the door. That was a very nice, uh, very nice touch. Um, so we've got some time for questions and I think um, we'll probably take about for about 50 minutes or so. And 
If you'd like to identify yourself as millionaire, billionaire, student, or, or whatever, um, or whether you're Polish or not, that would also be very interesting. So let's uh, stick some hands up. And we'll, uh, gentleman there in the blue stripy, um, just wait for the microphone, please, sir. And please do attract my attention if you want to follow on. Go ahead, sir. Hello, my name is Alex. I'm a, an entrepreneur from Moscow, Russia. And basically, I want to ask you, you told us about your successes, and you told us quite a lot. What were your failures? and maybe they kind of shaped you as a person as well, as a businessman. Can you tell more about this, please? Thank you very much. That's a great question to get going. How did your failures shape you as a person? Uh, you think it's a great question? <laughs> I, I don't have to answer it. <laughs> Actually, there were, there were many of them. You know, uh, actually, I wrote a book. <laughs> Business simply. You could buy it on eBay. <laughs> yeah, only 10 pounds. <laughs> not a lot. And uh, I wrote here about all my, maybe not all, but about my failures. And uh, I did uh, so far almost 30 acquisitions, quite a big one in my life, on the buy side. And uh, as I mentioned in this book, more than one-third of them were a total disaster. Completely. waste of money and time. Uh, oh, there were many of them. Uh, no, I even don't want to mention him because, again, I'd be very pissed off. <laughs> uh, in Poland, uh, actually, I was, in the meantime, once I was so successful in my leasing business, I started thinking that maybe because it was a vehicle leasing business, so maybe I should uh, be a car dealer. Because, you know, once I'm uh, leasing those cars, so I start thinking that maybe the synergies between those to businesses. It wasn't a good idea. Uh, we bought a couple of uh, dealers' business, and we didn't know anything about those businesses. Completely different business than uh, financing cars. So we lost all those money. Uh, at the end of 90s, oh, better example. Three years ago, I bought some land in the uh, city Katowice. And uh, it was not three, four years ago, just before crisis. Because outside of my financial business, I have some uh, constructing business. I'm uh, one of the leading developers in Poland. So we bought a beautiful land. Uh, it's a small business on the side. <laughs> so I bought a huge land for nice village. And we start digging for fundamentals. And then the crisis 2008 started. So obviously, we stopped this investment because there were no buyers. But there was a still a big hole. And after a couple of months, 
in those holes, the big one, came water. So then we had a nice lake <laughs> in the middle of the city. <laughs> okay, why not? And then it was a really nice lake. So unfortunately, some frogs started to like this lake. It's not a joke. <laughs> Last year, we started to renew and restart the project because the crisis is over. We do our research, so we believe that might be we find a buyer for our condos. But then some guys from environment protection approach us. <laughs> you know what? Those frogs were special. <laughs> we're still fighting. <laughs> we can't building because we have protect those frogs. <laughs> and uh, 150 million euro investment is stopped because some frogs. <laughs> Now we probably will find some compromise with the city and uh, those organization, which means that we will have to leave some part of this lake and prepare the nice place for the frogs and the rest be placed for building. It right. wasn't a huge business success. <laughs> Just frog. the recent one. <laughs> so it, it, from, from the frog's point of view, this is presumably quite a, quite a good... Um, yes. <laughs> but um, you know what? Since then, every time being in the restaurant and seeing in menu frogs, I love to order them. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. Let's have, let's have another question. Um, gentleman here in the pink, and then I'll go straight to the gentleman behind you. There, the pink, pink shirt first. My name is Jakub, and I have a question. Uh, how would you attempt to earn your first million if you were in the shoes of a student that has just graduated at LSC? Excellent. Take the microphone for the chat at the back. We'll take two questions at once just to speed things up a bit. So if you didn't hear, that was a, how would you make your first million if you just graduated from LSC? Go ahead, sir. Hi. Um, thank you for inspiration, inspirational story. My name is Thomas. I'm a Polish entrepreneur from Wrocław area. Um, really? Well, I have. Um, welcome. It's <laughs> my city. You don't know it. <laughs> Thank you for great inspiration. Um, I would like to ask you, what drives you to wake up in the morning? Um, if it is money or if it is something else? And there is just one more little question, maybe a little bit more personal. If you can answer this, what time are you waking up? Great, so there's three questions. You heard the first one. The second is what makes you get up in the morning. And the third was um, what time do you get up? <laughs> so uh, the last one be quite easy. Uh, usually I wake up at 6, 6.30. And uh, because of two reasons. Uh, actually, I... Uh, read a lot of books or some articles and this is the time that uh, for me especially is the easiest or I'm going to the gym uh, early in the morning before breakfast so uh, it's pretty early 
but uh, another question was... What makes you get up? Uh, what, what drives you? What's, what's your motivation? Is, is it money or is it the competitive uh, pleasure of beating your rivals? Or what's, what's the motivation? What makes me wake up? Uh, because yeah, I mean, some people in your position would just retire. They'd just go buy a yacht and sail around the Mediterranean. You know what? There's a funny story about the buying a yacht. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I'll be back to the question. But uh, I'm a diver. I'm really a water man. I love to spend time at the water. I love uh, water ski. Uh, jet ski and everything which is related to water. So obviously, I should have a wonderful yacht. I haven't, and I never had. So the question is why? Once I finally could afford to buy a nice yacht, I ordered one. And it was uh, a beautiful, beautiful yacht she was specially designed for diving trip, the long one, specially customized for my wishes. Because of that, I had to wait over two years for production of this yacht. In the meantime, I, with a couple of my friends, decided to make a diving trip to Arctica. So we flew to Argentina, we uh, booked to the uh, small ship, and then we go to Argentina. Around the uh, Drake, uh, see around the Horn Cup, and so I spent uh, almost 10 days under the extremely heavily storm. Uh, I was dying. So the first thing I did when I finally put my footprint on Arctic land was to switch on my satellite phone, Iridium. You saw it before. <laughs> calling to the shipyard and told them, what penalty ever you want, cancel this order. <laughs> what about the question from the gentleman there about... Uh, so, about uh, how to get a meal in. If you've just graduated. Yeah, start to think about a uh, nice idea which to get in holding organization and approach to me and be my partner. <laughs> Actually, it's not a joke because most of those companies in our group in getting holding, there are right now 27 companies, almost half of them, it's a joint venture with my managers. They usually have a 20, 30% in the companies, but the idea came from them, uh, from getting holding, is coming financing, and some, some helps. And uh, the company created already over 40 millionaires without any money. 
Some of them are guys in the age of 27, 28. Jasa graduate. I was at university with a guy called Stelios. Actually, he, one. He, uh, <laughs> yeah. He, 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 he did something in aviation. I don't know if it worked out, worked out for him, but he was, he was very keen on it. <laughs> Actually, there are some bankers, two bankers from uh, City here. Uh, they used to work for Merrill Lynch. They decided to give up their job and uh, join me in Poland. Let's take one more final question. The gentleman there at the back with the um, pale shirt. I don't want to eat into your valuable pub-going time. But, uh... um, you mentioned how... Uh, sorry, I'm, my name is George, and I come from Hampton Secondary School. And um, I was wondering, you mentioned sportsmen and you mentioned businessmen. Which, your, which ones are your most favorite businessmen and why? I think everybody, including all people in this room, respect very much Steve Jobs. Me too. Yeah, good. Okay, well, I think on that note, um, we are going to, I'm going to ask you to join me in thanking Leszek very much for his um, fantastic talk.